When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good evening, everyone. I'm Allison Camerata. This is CNN Tonight, and we begin with breaking news out of Michigan. A shooting at Michigan State University. University police say shots were fired on the campus in East Lansing, and they're advising everyone, students, staff, everyone there to secure in place. A, sp- a spokesperson for the university says one fatality is now confirmed. That's according to the Detroit News. Police believe there's only one suspect involved who they believe is on foot. Police are searching for that suspect right now. The ATF and the FBI are also responding to what they are calling an active shooter situation here. I want to bring in CNN senior crime and justice correspondent Shimon Prokupes, CNN national security analyst Juliet Kayyem, and CNN senior law enforcement analyst Charles Ramsey. Shimon, what's your reporting? What's the latest? Right, Allison. So we are just getting word of this one fatality inside Berkey Hall at the school. This according to the the Detroit News who spoke to the school spokesperson. So some sad news out of there. And we're also hearing of multiple injuries. We don't know uh, what those injuries are, but as you can imagine, students, faculty running uh, from this situation certainly could have been injured during those moments uh, as well. Priority now there by the police, which has really responded in mass there. Dozens and dozens of officers from all over that area now uh, searching for this gunman. Uh, They have a brief kind of uh, description, not a very specific description of who they're looking for. Uh, Witnesses describe him as a black male wearing a mask. And so that is what police are working on. This all unfolded sometime around 830 or so. And the first notice that really went out of this was there was a uh, note, an email and text that came from the school police warning uh, students and faculty of this shooting. And what it said was that there was a shots fired incident occurring on or near the East Lansing campus, secure in place immediately. And then they told students and faculty to run, hide, and fight. And then they explained what to do, and they wanted students to evacuate, and then some to hide. But we know that many students and some of the faculty are hiding in classrooms and rooms around the school as police go from floor to floor, classroom to classroom, room to room, searching for victims, searching uh, for the gunmen. And right now, uh, the key here is that this is not a secure situation. Police are still searching uh, for this gunman. And that is all we really know at this point. The governor tweeting a a message, Governor Gretchen Whitmer there saying that she's been briefed on the shooting at Michigan State University, the Michigan State Police, along with the police police. Uh, Michigan State University police, local law enforcement and first responders are on the ground. And she says, let's wrap our arms around the Spartan community tonight 
and we'll keep everyone updated as we learn more. So that's what we're now waiting for. We're waiting for more information. As you can see, the heavy response there by, uh, there uh, is an officer there in tactical gear armed with an AR-15, again with a, looks like an axe. This is all because uh, they're going through these rooms in this school and they're using some of those tools to get inside some of those classrooms. But again, at this point, all we know is that there is at least one death, one fatality here, sadly, and several others injured as police from all over there in that area are searching for this gunman as we await for more word here from the police. But this is all still very much developing and very much still an active scene, as you can see there. And, and Sharon, quickly, we don't know if that fatality is a student, a staff, anything. No, we don't know. Uh, we don't know much more than that. You know, it's interesting, though, uh, Allison, as, as you, we talk about this, the hour, right? This happens around 8.30 at the school. Um, there was an early report that this may have started in the cafeteria. Uh, so we're waiting for more, obviously, from the police there. But I think given the hour, uh, you know, perhaps there was an event going on or something going on at the school that would have brought people uh, so many. It sounds like there were a lot of people there at the school at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of why we've also seen this large presence from police. And the other thing that police are dealing with also are other reports, people seeing things, people calling 911, saying they're hearing things, saying they think they see the gunman, you know, reports of maybe a second shooter. But right now, police are working on the theory that there was only one gunman, one shooter here, and that is who they're looking for. But they're responding to all these other calls. As you can imagine, so many people there, frightened, scared, having witnessed this, uh, having to run from this. And so many of them right now are hiding in rooms and in areas around the school as the police continue to search for this gunman, treat the wounded, and go really floor by floor here, trying to make sure that the school is secure. Chief Ramsey, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. I mean, it's our national nightmare, of course, but what a nightmare for these students. What a nightmare for law enforcement. What a nightmare for the school administration. And law enforcement, particularly, as Shimon was just saying, I mean, they've just gotten to the scene. They're tr- this is a huge campus. They're trying to secure the campus. One gunman, one suspect is still at large. And as Shimon said, you know, they're getting all of these leads or potential leads and trying to sift through them in the, you know, fog of war here. Well, yeah, it's a large response. You have multiple jurisdictions that are responding. Uh, You have to coordinate what takes place now because they've got to do a search. That's a big campus. They've got to do a thorough search. So they have to organize uh, the people who have responded because they are going to have to go through the various buildings uh, trying to find this individual who's responsible for this. Uh, One thing that I think is very important that we say for those students that are right now on lockdown, stay where you are, do not venture out, and do not let anyone into your area that you do not know. And so I think that's very, very important. They just stay put. I know it's been a while. I know they get a little antsy, but right now that's the best course of action. Let the police do what they do. They thoroughly search all the buildings, every area of the campus, but it's going to take time. It's a very large campus. They've got a lot of of response uh, vehicles that have shown up, a lot of police officers, but now the trick is going to be coordinating it so that it's a systematic search of the campus to find this individual. Um, Chief, I'm so glad you're saying that because as we know in these situations, many students do listen to live news feeds often on CNN. So I'm glad that you are reiterating that to them. So Juliet, you and I have talked so many times about, you know, hard targets versus soft targets. And of course, by definition, a campus is a soft target. And even though we've hardened our high schools, 
sadly, tragically, we've had to. And our elementary schools, tragically, we've had to. Campuses are much harder. Yeah, I spent a lot of time on on sort of campus security. It's it's it, they're cities. I mean, there's there's cafeterias and stadiums and concert halls and residential areas. They are mini city series. So you're never going to be able to. Uh, enclose them in the way that you can imagine, say, a uh, high school uh, where it might, that might have limited buildings. Uh, also, the residential aspect of it, the party aspect of it is very different because people are coming in and out. There's no identification systems. Uh, MSU and other uh, major universities you know, have, have lots of students living nearby and in, in, in housing. So, uh, so basically, we spend a lot of time on response, uh, which is uh, what do we know at the moment that it's known and what are you telling these these young adults to do? And I have to say, from the moment this started, the Twitter feed and the communication by MSU has been um, incredibly, have been, I, I know people want more information sooner, but their primary goal is to protect the students. They are still getting calls of, of a potential active shooter. They just got on Twitter about seven minutes ago with a suspect uh, a description. Uh, 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 and, and saying just possibly black, so they're they're not even confirming the race of the of the suspect. They are still getting reports of, of potential active shooters. A lot of these are going to be false positives. People are nervous. We know that. Uh, but as Chief Ramsey said, stay uh, put. And then what you're seeing here is how an incident command should work. We've talked, uh, you know, <laughs> Shimon and I have talked a lot about incident command uh, after Uvalde. This is how it works. You've got the university and college police. Um, out in front, they have been, if they are doing it right, which they clearly have uh, been working with local uh, law enforcement, emergency management, those then on, in a case like this will surge quickly uh, into surrounding areas, surging resources, and even the state, I think I saw some state police, uh, and that's how it's supposed to work until you've uh, essentially, you know, min uh, destroyed the threat, which they're not at yet. So that's what we're looking at right now. So uh, the Students watching this, stay put uh, and uh, and follow you know follow the communications of uh, of, of of local public safety uh, and verified public safety. Not a lot of the noise that's going on, which always does in these cases. Shimon, this is one of the biggest colleges in the country. I mean, fifty thousand students right now. Can you imagine the scope of what these first responders and police have to deal with. And I know you and I are both seeing this yeah. latest police tweet. Can you read it to us? Yeah. So the latest tweet from the uh, school police there, uh, Michigan State University police, says that the this, this was several minutes ago. The suspect description is a short male with a mask, possibly black. Please continue to shelter in place. And as we were talking about here moments ago, we are still receiving multiple calls of an active shooter on campus. Of course, people are hiding. People are uh, just scared for their life at this moment. They're in rooms uh, around this campus and they're just maybe peeking out a window or seeing things somehow and they're calling 911 uh, just out of fear for their life because they really don't know what's going on and the fact that the police are still here searching uh, for this government. You know, you talk about this being such a large university. Well, many of our colleagues here at CNN uh, attended that school and so, you know, some are just texting and letting me know that there's actually uh, classes, night classes there. Uh, so perhaps that's why the students were there at this hour, because there are night classes. 
and, and so that's probably why uh, students were there at this hour. Um, and so, as you said, it's, it's, it's a huge campus. Uh, there's a wooded area. There's lots of places uh, for uh, someone who would flee and run to hide and to try and escape. And so all of this is something that police now have to search, you know, go through the woods, go through this area to try and find uh, this gunman and then obviously get to uh, students. You know, who knows how many students were, were there at this time, given how large this area is. And, you know, it's not only searching this one immediate area where this may have happened, but now they have to go through this, this entire campus uh, and go through other rooms and, and go through other areas to make sure uh, that they're not missing anything, to make sure the gunman's not hiding in any of those rooms, and obviously to make sure uh, that there are no other victims. And so given this response, it's probably going to take uh, some time for that to happen uh, as police here continue to search uh, for this gunman and, and treat uh, other victims. We know others have been injured. We know one uh, sadly ha- has died. We don't know if it's a teacher or a student, but obviously now the key is to try and, and figure out where this gunman is. Okay, folks, let's take a beat to uh, check in with all of our sources on this. Uh, we're going to reset. We're going to take a very quick break, and we'll bring you back to the uh, breaking news that we have out of Michigan State University. We'll be right back. We're in the middle of breaking news here, a shooting at Michigan State University. A spokesperson for the university says one fatality is confirmed. We don't know if that's a student. We don't know if that's a staff member. We don't know that information yet. Police believe there's only one suspect at the moment, and they believe that person to be on foot. Police are searching for that suspect. They're advising everyone, students, staff, faculty, to secure in place. My colleague, Erin Burnett, spoke to a student just a short time ago. Yes, um, we're in like a lounge area in in our hall. There's probably about 30 people um, over here. Everyone's obviously kind of stressed, but seems to be calm right now. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you all are together. As you say, there's 30 of you. I know we can hear some of some of you in the background. I mean, did, I'm not sure if that's an announcement there, but Nithya, is, did you hear any shots fired, or did anyone? Um, I did not hear shots fired, but some of my coworkers who were in the union building with me um, heard definitely suspicious noises. And I know our facility staff um, who was in the building at the time did hear shots fired. Yes, did hear shots fired. Uh, all right. Well, Nithia, please um, stay safe there. Okay, we're back with Shimon Procupez, Juliet Kayyem, and Charles Ramsey. Uh, Shimon, I just want to read this latest tweet from the Michigan State University Police. I'm sure that there are lots of concerned parents watching us right now. So here's the latest that we have. Victims are currently being transported to Sparrow Hospital. Um, Brody Hall, Snyder Phillips Hall, Mason Hall, Abbott Hall, Landon Hall, the MSU Union, and Berkey Hall have all been cleared and secured. So that second part is good news that all of these dorms or if these are just, uh, you know, student common areas have been cleared and secure. Very good news. The victims currently being transferred to Sparrow Hospital is not good news. Do we have any number on how many victims there are? Yeah, we don't have a number on the exact uh, number of victims. We know that, uh, as, as you see on our screen there, that at least uh, one person has been uh, reported dead, and that's according to the Detroit News, who spoke to the spokesperson for the school. That uh, the fatality, according to the Detroit News, occurred in Berkey 
Paul, which is one of the areas you just mentioned uh, that was cleared. So about seven buildings here, uh, according uh, to this latest uh, tweet from the police that has been cleared. Um, so it sounds like police are making some progress. I don't know exactly how many buildings are there, but as you can imagine, uh, given the size of this school uh, police here, this is what, about an hour and a half or so, nearly two hours since this happened. So police are certainly making some progress and going through the school, going through the different areas uh, in these buildings uh, to try and secure them, find victims. But, you know, I, listening to uh, that student uh, that uh, Aaron uh, spoke to, and you can hear the, the sounds in the background. I mean, I can't, one can only imagine what um, students go through these days. Um, you know, you're in class, you're doing uh, activities at the school, and, and now you're, you're running for your life, hiding uh, because there's a gunman uh, on the loose there in the school. So right now that's the priority, really, is for them to get to these uh, students, make sure they're okay, and then obviously to find uh, the gunman. The good news is, though, there have been some reports of shots fired. Police uh, are not indicating that there's been any shooting since they've uh, arrived on campus. You can see so, so many of the ambulances there standing around, which is you know, somewhat of an uh, ominous sign there. But let's see what happens here as we try to figure out more from police and authorities there uh, as we wait for an update. But I, I do want, want to make one point is that, you know, we are getting updates and, and we should be appreciative of that uh, from the, the school police there that are updating us and, and tweets and updating for many of the family members who are at home watching this, uh, waiting on word uh, for their kids and, and their loved ones. Um, so we all wait now and see, um, see what happened here as we wait more uh, from, to hear more from police as they continue to search for this gunman, try and get to these uh, students that are hiding in the various rooms around the school. Yeah, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. We're just going to give information yeah. as Michigan State Police uh, bring it to us. Um, but obviously, it's a very uh, nerve-wracked time. I'm also joined here uh, in studio by John Miller, our, one of our chief law enforcement experts. So, John, it's a huge, huge crime scene now. I mean, it's Michigan State University, one of the biggest schools in our country. 50,000 students are securing in place right now. Well, maybe some live off campus. But in any event, um, it's a, I can't imagine the daunting process for the police to go through this. Well, so far, it's a very well-organized process. Unfortunately, you know, in America, law enforcement has been through this drill before. They're very well-trained. But what you're seeing here is multiple missions. Uh, mission number one is the hunt for the gunman. So far, apparently no contact. Mission number two is there are a lot of people who got the shelter in place or heard shots and are hiding. So they're going building by building and they're getting calls and they're going to those places and they're getting people out into groups and then getting them out of the buildings. At the same time, as Shimon said, you have these calls of shots fired that keep coming in. So far, police have responded to all of those. None of those has panned out as a new shooting. Uh, that can be calls of people who heard the original shots and say, we heard shots, we're hiding, um, and that gets translated differently. You've got a unified command. So that means you've got the campus police, you've got the Lansing PD, you've got the state police. Who's in charge? Um, it, it would be whoever is designated as the owner of this incident, most likely the campus police, possibly the state police. It's a, a call that they make on the scene as to who's going to be running the operation. I mean, I ask this because of Uvalde, of course, as Shimon knows all too well. And so are the campus police equipped to handle this or would they immediately hand yes. it over to the state police? Uh, 
it, it's, it's again, they're going to get together and decide, you know, who's making those calls. I think a lot of lessons were learned by Uvalde. At the same time, they have staging areas for the ambulances. The Unified Command is at a designated building since the gunman is possibly still at large. Um, I'm not going to say which building, but that's where they're running it out of. And they have a, a very organized and systematic approach. What they don't have, what they don't have um, is who the gunman is, where the gunman is, um, and there are some conflicting descriptions of the gunman. What they're getting a lot of, and this is causing a lot of running around, is reports of two men with rifles, three men walking in the dark, you know, armed, and they are responding to those and determining that those are two and three and four person police teams mm. with long guns who are moving around um, responding to these calls and trying to get people out. So right now we're in a process. Now by experience, you know, we've seen a number of these things before. You may have a gunman who struck and fled. You may have a gunman who struck and took their own life uh, by self-inflicted wound. Statistically, we see that in about half, half of the cases. Uh, or you may have somebody who's waiting for a confrontation with the police. So it's extraordinarily fluid. Okay, uh, Juliet, Charles Ramsey, please stand by. We need to take another very quick break. And uh, I know you have some new information for us on the other side, too. We'll be right back. Our breaking news right now. One person reported dead in a shooting at Michigan State University. Police believe there's only one suspect involved. They believe that person to be on foot. There is a manhunt right now. At this hour, they are advising everyone at Michigan State, from students to faculty, to secure in place right now. Do not leave the room that you are in. We are back with Shimon Prokupes, Juliet Kayam, Charles Ramsey, and John Miller. Um, Juliet, I had read before the tweet that's from Michigan State University saying that victims, plural, are being taken to this area hospital. What did you hear in that tweet? Yeah, so I saw a, a couple things and, and talking to people in, in, in terms of the emergency management world. Uh, so Sparrow Center, or Sparrow Hospital is a level one trauma center. It's only about a mile straight down Michigan Avenue from campus. So uh, this, is, this is where they intend students to go and if anything happens and where students would go. So this has been properly trained through the incident command system, through uh, 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 learning and testing uh, how best to transport students. So what I also, based on my experience, I'm very careful here, uh, and this may seem dark in how I describe it. The fact that other area hospitals have not been opened is actually good news. Uh, because what the police would be doing is, of course, triaging students depending on their injuries, um, or worse, uh, based on location to the university. That's how we do it is you would have eight or nine different hospitals. The furthest hospitals, the least harmed students would go to. The most harmed students or, or faculty or staff would go to the closer ones. The fact that we are hearing of no other hospital being prepared for the receipt of uh, victims is in, in, in our dark world is actually good. It means they do not need to trigger sort of more hospitals. So I just, this is based on experience. So I know what I'm reading at this stage. I've, I've, we've unfortunately all been through this 
enough. We also are seeing pictures of, of ambulances not moving. That's better than when ambulances do move. So we don't know what the number of injured is. We also don't know how they were injured because there's a lot of fear in these active shooter cases. Kids run, they run over each other, they fall. Um, so we don't know how many of those are bullet wounds and how many of them are, um, are related to uh, what happened. So that's basically where we are right now and areas around uh, uh, the university also are sheltering in place just out of precaution. I mean, if he's on foot, we're now 90, 100 minutes after, um, he, he could be far, uh, a couple miles at least. So you're gonna just see this manhunt continue. Um, but um, uh, that's, that's basically how the command system works with the hospitals and, and what, what, what we can um, know from what they're saying about the area hospitals. I really appreciate the caution, Juliet, that you're uh, advising that we all use. But I mean, I just want to say, yes, we have all learned, sadly, woefully from our yeah. experience with this. And, you know, I can't help but think of Sandy Hook, where the ambulances were there, but they never got to take yeah. the students anywhere. And so we just don't know. When we see that line of ambulances, I pray that's good news, but I just don't I know. And know. I, I'm, I'm with you too, but the more minutes that go by, I'm just saying, Allison, just we know this, which is also good in the sense that, 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 you're, that you're starting to see them re, um, ease up is the wrong word, but begin to sort of release the students and the sheltering in place. This is as I, we, you know, this could cut both ways, but just the fact that they haven't opened up any more hospitals may be a hint to us based on experience uh, that they're not seeing uh, the movement of a, of a lot of people, which is just, you know, based on, based on what people on the, in the field are saying they've opened up at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that too. Um, so Chief Ramsey, uh, as we've been saying, this latest First of all, we just got information that there'll be a news briefing from Michigan State University at 11 p.m. Eastern. So in half an hour, of course, we will bring that to you and we hope to have more information then. But in the meantime, the fact that the police there tweeted out that all of these seven different buildings, it sounds like some of them are dormitories. It sounds like they may be, I don't know, dining halls, a student union have been cleared and secure. I mean, they're moving quickly. The police are moving quickly to get all of, I mean, here again, it is a huge, huge university, um, but it sounds like they've been able to secure some important buildings. Yeah, it does sound like that. But again, as I mentioned earlier, you have multiple agencies that have responded. One of the first things you do is coordinate that response. And you can you can kind of tell from that number of buildings that have already been secured, the systematic search that's taking place uh, around the campus. They'll continue to move. In, uh, in, in a way in which they can clear as many buildings as possible, as quickly as possible, they'll eventually clear them all. But right now they're systematically going through the campus. The campus police, no doubt, are heavily involved in this. They know the layout of the campus better than anyone else. Uh, and so uh, it's clear to me that they have all trained together and coordinated uh, their response because this is moving uh, pretty uh, pretty quickly right now, which is good, which is good. Absolutely. Uh, let's bring in former deputy director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe. Um, Andrew, uh, it's awful, awful news. I can't imagine how the parents feel watching us right now. I pray that they've been able to get in touch with any of their students. 50,000 students go to Michigan State University. Um, but as we've been talking about this evening, in, ter in terms of figuring out who is in charge, there's the Michigan State Police, the FBI are now involved, ATF is now involved. 
Um, the, the, the campus police, of course, were the first, uh, I think, on the scene. So tell us how you think it's, it will work. Yeah, so sure, Allison, these, um, these situations are very complicated, but the campus police and the local police are certainly in uh, the lead on any investigation of an activity like this. Uh, the FBI and the ATF and other federal law enforcement agencies come in to try to provide assistance uh, and particularly tools and capabilities that local police might not have uh, uh, inherently. Um, uh, but nevertheless, the local investigation and potential prosecution is the kind of front line in terms of driving the investigation and determining who ultimately will be held accountable. Yeah. John, I'm sure that uh, the campus police there, certainly at Michigan State University, but at every campus, have do these drills and pray that it never happens. And they do them with other agencies. Uh, what you're looking for in the active shooter situation from law enforcement is immediate action, rapid deployment, which is when you hear the shots fired, when the calls go out, whoever gets there first, that's a contact team. If it's two campus police officers and two Lansing people or a state police person, they form that initial, initial contact team and move towards the threat to stop that threat. When the second group gets there, whether it's mix and match or whether they're all from the same, same agency, who has a long gun, who has a radio, who's taking point, who's going to do communications, they form a second team and they go forward. Uh, the good news is what you usually have is too many teams at some point, and then a, somebody takes over command of the scene and says, this is the systematic way we're going to do this. In this incident, what we've seen is, because as you described, Ali, the size of the campus, the breadth of the buildings, the number of people hiding in place is, if, we, if we're not making contact with the shooter, now we're searching for the shooter inside the buildings and outside the buildings. In the meantime, we have those people hiding um, we're telling them to shelter in place until law enforcement reaches them. What we're seeing at this point, because now we're a bit into this incident, is you're seeing groups of 20 and 30 students um, getting together and saying, well, let's, let's, let's exit. So people who are handling the perimeters um, are seeing people exiting. And then they have an entirely separate mission, which is you don't want those people evaporating. What you want is immediate triage, is anybody hurt? Was anybody injured? Then you want something altogether different, which is witness triage. Okay, what did you see? What did you hear? Nothing, nothing. Okay, what did you see? What did you hear? And we've learned these lessons in places like San Bernardino, where one of those people said, I saw the gunman. I think I know who it is. And that was the clue that actually put them onto the suspect. So that has become something that they're employing here. Let me just reset for all of our viewers who are just joining us right now. Uh, there is an active shooter situation at Michigan State University. One person has been killed. We don't know if that person is a student or a faculty or a, a staff member. Uh, they are searching. Currently, police are searching for the suspect. They believe that he likely, that's what the suspect has been described as, a male, uh, fled on foot, and there are multiple injuries. Uh, people have been taken to a local area hospital. We don't know the extent 
of those injuries. Um, I do want to bring in, though, right now, who may have more information for us, Sean Turner. He's our CNN national security analyst. But, Sean, you're also a professor of national security communication at Michigan State University. Tell us what you know tonight. Well, Allison, it's been quite a night. Uh, Earlier this evening, around 8 15 we got a notice on our phones that there was an active shooter situation here on campus at michigan state university and as you might imagine uh that sort of sent the entire uh, campus into uh, a, a state of heightened alert uh what i understand to be the case at this point is that this shooter is still on the move and uh as you've reported we have one person who we know is uh, is deceased and and there are other injuries on campus you know, what we're experiencing now is what often happens in these situations. Because this shooter has not been captured yet, as uh, we have students and faculty members and staff sheltered in locations around campus, uh, everything begins to look suspicious. And so we're seeing lots of, uh, of reports of shots fired. We're seeing uh, lots of reports of, of suspicious individuals. And so law enforcement right now is working very hard to isolate the location of this individual and to really try to uh, make sure that those people who are, who are sheltered, as, uh, as John said, that uh, we get the information that we need and we get them moved uh, out of these uh, locations where they're on lockdown. So very tense situation here. And uh, a lot of uh, friends and colleagues are very worried about uh, what's, what's happened here on campus at MSU tonight. I can imagine. And Sean, just out of curiosity, I mean, well, just because you're there, do you have a sense of who was killed or how many injuries there are? At this point, I don't. The early reports uh, was were that uh, we had one individual killed on uh, on the first floor and a place here uh, called uh, Brinkley Hall. But we we don't, you know, that that's not been confirmed yet. Uh, no idea if this is a, is a student or a faculty member or a member of the staff at this point. Uh, and uh, and also, as I said, uh, Allison, you know, we've heard other reports of shots fired, so we don't know if this was contained to that one incident uh, at a hall here on campus. So still a lot to, to learn and understand. But right now, everyone's cons- consumed with trying to make sure that the, their, their, their teams here on campus are safe and to make sure that our students are safe uh, because there are a lot of parents uh, all over the place who are very concerned about this. There sure are. Um, well, Sean, thank you very much for joining us. Obviously, we'll check back in with you throughout the course of this um, We're very happy that you're safe and happy that you're there on campus for us tonight to give us the latest. We also have new information from our reporter, Shimon Prokupes. He's gathering that. We'll be with him momentarily. So we're going to take a very, very quick break and bring you new information on the other side. Okay, we're back with the latest on our breaking news coverage tonight. One person is confirmed dead in this shooting tonight on the campus of Michigan State University. It is still considered an active shooter situation because police have not found the suspect yet. They say that the suspected shooter is on foot, they believe. They, the description is that he's a short male with a mask. Um, I also just got this in. This is from the Michigan State University spokesperson who says that Sparrow Hospital, which is an area hospital near the university, is treating five victims of this shooting. The spokesperson says they're all in the emergency room. He would not comment on the severity of the injuries, nor would he comment on whether or not there are any fatalities there. But we do know of one fatality so far, five 
uh, victims now at the hospital. I want to bring back Shimon Prokupes, who has been reporting on this. We're also here with John Miller. Uh, Shimon, what do you have? Yeah, so think about this. You know, Sean Turner kind of gave us, uh, who you were talking to just a short time ago, gave us a timeline of when this first of this first alert went out of shots fired sometime around 8.15. There are some reports that some of the first shots that were fired were around 8.18 uh, near this Berkey Hall where we're hearing is where this fatality occurred. So we're closing in here on three hours. And at this time, police, number one, still looking for this gunman. But think about all of the students and faculty that are still sheltered in place, hiding, fearful for their life. Uh, as police still continue to search this massive campus. So at this hour, police are still going door to door inside these buildings trying to evacuate some of the students and faculty and staff members that are inside this school. We're waiting for police uh, to hold a press conference here shortly in about 15 minutes or so. They said that they would do, they would have one at 11 o'clock. But, you know, as you said, we, we're getting updates from the police and from the, uh, from the school, which have been obviously ver- very helpful, certainly for us, but for family members, as they say, five victims right now being treated at Sparrow Hospital. The police also saying, tweeting that they're canceling all activities at the school for the next 48 hours, including athletics, classes, and all campus-related activities. And they're telling faculty and students not to come to the campus tomorrow. So key thing here now is that we know that there are five victims being treated at Sparrow. Uh, The gunman uh, still, it appears, on the loose as police continue, continue to try to evacuate students and faculty that are all still hiding uh, in, the, in these classrooms now for almost three hours uh, since this happened. And we're waiting for this police press conference, hopefully here soon within the next few minutes. Allison. Yeah, I hope we get more information yeah. that we can share with the parents. Um, John, do you have information on the students barricaded? Yeah. As they're going through these buildings, there's two things going on. As they're clearing the buildings, yep. they're finding classrooms barricaded so that someone can't get through the door. Students. And they're finding yeah, Brian, 20, uh, you know, 30, to- 10... 50 students who are behind these doors and they're making arrangements to walk them out. Again, you have to get to that critical information because we have an unknown gunman who is not in custody. So the possibilities are that he's holed up or hiding in a building or that he left the scene on foot or by car or that he self-inflicted and is dead somewhere. But they don't know that. So what they're going to be asking all of these students as they bring them out of these classrooms and out of these buildings are, what did you see? What did you hear? Did you see a shooter? Do you know the shooter? Um, We're still joined by Sean Turner, who's our CNN national security expert and also a professor of national security uh, communications at Michigan State University. He is there this evening. Sean, um, can you, the, in terms of students being barricaded, so Michigan State University has night classes, and so kids would have been in class during some of this? Yeah, absolutely, Allison. So uh, a lot of students would have gone to class this evening uh, at 510, and those classes, many of those classes go until uh, 8 p.m. Uh, some classes would go a little later. But even uh, for those students who are not in class, uh, on a night like this, a Monday evening, uh, there still would have been a lot of students out and about on campus uh, after class, getting food and getting to their dorm room. So uh, the campus is, is would, would have been alive and vibrant when this happened. And as, as John said, uh, you know, right now, uh, we know that we have students still barricaded in places that the campus is still in and a lockdown status right now. 
and we are seeing law enforcement uh, clearing buildings and identifying where those students are and trying to walk those students out uh, and ensure that uh, they, they can get safe and contact family and friends. So um, still, still a very uh, uncertain situation here on campus. Okay, we are awaiting a press conference by uh, the police, uh, university police, uh, to share what they know at this hour and who they're looking for at this hour. That will be in roughly 10 minutes. So we're going to take a very, very quick break and uh, be right back with the latest. Okay, let me bring you up to speed on our breaking news tonight. There's been a shooting at Michigan State University. One person was killed. We do not know if it was a student or staff or faculty. There are also multiple injuries. This is all according to campus police. The campus police tweeted that the suspected gunman is, quote, a short male with a mask. That's basically all we know. But they do believe he has fled and he is on foot. They are actively searching for him right now. A local area hospital called Sparrow Hospital is treating five victims. This is according to, again, a uh, campus police spokesperson. All campus activities are canceled for the next 48 hours, including all of the sports and classes, all campus-related activities, basically. Police are tweeting, please do not come to campus tomorrow. Now, a news briefing is expected at 11 p.m., where we will hopefully find out more information about who was killed, about where the gunman is, who the gunman may be, the number of injuries. We have a lot still to learn on this very nerve-wracking night for all of these students, some of whom are still sheltering in place as police try to comb through this incredibly large campus of 50,000 students. We have a lot to learn. We'll be back uh, in just a few minutes. The press conference is five minutes from now. We'll be right back. We do have breaking news this evening. There has been a school shooting on the campus of Michigan State University. One person is dead. We don't know who that person is. We don't know if it's a student. There are multiple injuries reported by campus police. They've been taken to a local area hospital. We are awaiting a news briefing from the Michigan State University Police any moment now. It is uh, supposed to start, and we should be able to have many, many questions answered if they're willing to share the information. The last we heard was that the shooter had fled and that the shooter was still on the loose and that police were still searching for that shooter and that students are still barricaded in some classrooms and some dorm rooms and uh, elsewhere on the campus. Back with me now, Shimon Procupes, Charles Ramsey, Sean Turner, who happened to be on campus when they got this alert, and John Miller. So, Sean, let me just start with you. What happened at 8.15 tonight? Yeah, so Allison, around uh, 8.15, maybe a little later, 8.18, uh, we we all, everyone who on campus got an alert on our phone uh, that really caught us off guard. Uh, it indicated that there was an active shooter on campus and that shots were fired and uh, notified us that uh, the campus was going into a shelter-in-place status. Uh, that alert came out, and uh, for those of us who were uh, leaving campus, I was just about to leave campus at that time, uh, got off campus and turned on the, the, the police scanner to find out what was going on. And to be really candid, I mean, we, you know, we, we expected that this might have been uh, a situation where uh, where someone may maybe heard something and thought there were shots fired. But it 
very quickly became clear that this was uh, a real uh, uh, sort of uh, tragedy unfolding on campus. Uh, I immediately got uh, got home and I still had people in my building on campus uh, that were uh, that were working late. So uh, for most of us here on campus uh, in uh, leadership positions, we went into a mode of trying to ensure that not only our students, but our staff members, all of our employees were safe in either Hawaii, in the buildings the they were in on campus. Sean, let me just stop you for one second. The press conference is starting. Let's listen. Department of Police and Public Safety, Interim Deputy Chief Chris Ross. Uh, sh- we've lost the audio of the press conference for a moment, but we are working to get that back and reestablish that. Um, let me go back to Sean right now. Uh, Sean, I interrupted you as uh, we'll go back to this in a second, but I interrupted you as you were saying, of course, your natural. Uh, do, do we hear this? Not yet. Um, you were saying your natural instinct, as it, ours always is, is to think. Oh, we have there the sound back. Let's listen shots to the police. Fired and um, a shooting in multiple locations near campus. Please understand that the information that we're sharing. Our priority right now is the safety of our students and our campus. The information that we're sharing may change, but we are going to be as transparent as we can and share as much information as we can. But that information may change as it's preliminary. This incident started this evening around 8.18 p.m. at Berkey Hall on campus. We received multiple 911 calls of a shooting inside Berkey Hall. Numerous officers responded. We were quickly on scene within minutes. And there we did locate uh, several victims of a shooting. The incident did move to a building in close proximity, the Michigan State University Union Building, where there was another report of a shooting immediately following the first incident. Police and emergency responders acted quickly. We tended to the victims at both of those scenes and there was a overwhelming law enforcement response to campus to help with this situation. I can confirm that there were at least five victims. All five victims were transported to the hospital. Some of those victims do have life-threatening injuries. The suspect in this incident, and we believe there to be one suspect, was last seen leaving the MSU Union on foot out of the north side of that building. We are just receiving surveillance footage of that suspect that we will be releasing shortly. Initial information is that the suspect is a black male, shorter in statue, wearing red shoes, a jean jacket, and a ball cap. And we will follow up with additional descriptors of that suspect. Community members on and off campus should remain sheltered in place. We immediately launched our emergency notification system and advised the entire MSU campus to shelter in place as this suspect is still outstanding. 
for people on campus, um, please do not come to campus. I can't say that enough. For parents, we understand. I can only imagine the emotion that's involved right now. It's going to help us, and it's going to help our response, and it's going to help us identify the shooter, the less people that are on campus at this point. Please do not come to campus. We are doing everything we can to ensure the safety of our campus and all of our students. We currently have hundreds of police officers and law enforcement officials, state, local, and federal, on campus working in a coordinated effort to ensure the safety of campus and identify and apprehend the suspect. All campus activities will be canceled for the next 48 hours including sporting events, classes, and all campus-related activities. Please follow our Twitter uh, page for updates. We are sharing live updates at that location. I can't stress this enough. You're probably hearing a lot of information and misinformation right now from social media, the scanner, calls that we're receiving that are not accurate. We strongly encourage you to follow the accurate information source and we will continue to provide as many updates and accurate updates as we can. There has been false reports, false reports of additional shootings. There has been false reports of the suspect seen in numerous different locations. Those reports are not accurate. Please follow us for accurate information. As I said, we're very early on in this investigation. It remains ongoing, and we are going to continue to meet back here and provide updates on the hour. We wanted to provide as much accurate information at possible, as possible right now, and we will continue to do that moving forward. As I said, information is very preliminary at this point, and we are working very hard to gather that information, to accurately get it out to our community, to students, to parents, and to everybody who, who needs that information. Please know that the safety and security of this campus and our students is our absolute priority at this point. We will meet back here at midnight for an additional update. We will push out some information, including a, photo a photograph of the suspect that we just obtained immediately following this briefing. Thank you, and we'll see you back here in an hour. Welcome to be here. Uh, this is a safe place. You can work from here. You can use this space. I believe back in here there's some pot machines at least that are available. We're working on maybe getting um, some additional support as well. But please know that you can Okay, we've just been listening there to the deputy chief of the Michigan State University campus police named Chris Rossman. He just confirmed for us that, yes, indeed, there has been a mass school shooting at Michigan State University. 
Um, five, there were different locations. I, we hadn't known that, John, before that. We had, that hadn't been confirmed. There were multiple locations on campus. One was at Berkey Hall. Um, they found, uh, they said multiple victims there. And then there was uh, another one at the MSU Union building. Sounds like a student union there. Um, they got other reports of a shooting. They went there. There were victims at both of these scenes. He said five, at least five victims have been transported to the hospital. They do have life-threatening injuries. Um, they've already confirmed that one person was killed. Um, then they believe that the suspect left the student, the MSU Union building on foot. That's where he was last seen. They do have surveillance footage of the suspect, which, of course, um, will be very helpful. And they're going to release a photo, uh, they said, very shortly after this. Ball cap, red shoes, possibly black male. Everyone needs to continue sheltering in place. If you're currently sheltering in place in a dorm room, in a classroom, continue to do so. So what they're encountering is, you know, groups who have barricaded themselves in rooms are being found by police who are arranging to get them out get them to a student staging area, and then uh, bring them to a place where they'll be interviewed to see what they saw, what they might know. But what they're also seeing is people self-evacuating. So the preferred method would be shelter in place where you are, even if you're locked in a classroom, reach out and contact the police and say, this is how many we are, this is the room we're in, and you know who's coming to get us and how long do you think that's gonna be? but where you have a gunman who's not in custody and police SWAT teams and rescue task force moving through the building, um, it's better for that to be done in an organized way uh, where contact is made ahead of time. Yes, I mean, I also have done interviews with Sandy Hook victims who said that, you know, once you've been sheltering in a place and you know there's been an active shooter, even when the police come to knock on the door, you, you, you're so petrified and you don't believe that it's the police coming right. to knock on the door. You just don't even want to open the door. You can imagine the, the terror. And, and then there are people that are, you know, these are the groups that are in classrooms. I mean, typically in these situations, you'll find people in closets. You'll find people, you know, in janitor's rooms in the hallway. They ran to wherever they could run and could close the door behind them. So this will go on for a while. Um, Sean Turner is with us. Sean, as we've said, um, you happened to be on campus. You're a professor there. So at 8, 18, you said you got this alert that there was an active shooter. It's remarkable to hear how quickly they were able to send out that alert and how quickly police were able to respond. Yeah, Allison, and I'll tell you that when the officer says that uh, this was an overwhelming response, uh, that is absolutely true. I mean, it was a matter of minutes before the campus was crawling with law enforcement. Um, I, I do think there were a couple of really important uh, things that the, uh, the police officer said there. Uh, one of the things that's happened here on campus is just with regard to the communication. Uh, as he said, there have been a lot of of uh, rumors and and uh, comments about uh, what's happening on campus, and many of those things have not been uh, been true. Uh, and it's just really important that people understand that, you know, this is a very walkable campus. And so when this happened at Berkey Hall, and then you had the suspect move to the student union, uh, and then leave the student union, what what I can tell now in hindsight is that as that student as that that suspect was on the move. Uh, what people were doing is they were, as I said earlier, seeing suspicious things and reporting that they were seeing suspicious things. And that really sort of got the campus uh, all abuzz because uh, people believe that, that the shooter was moving around campus. And that may, may, have, been, may have been true, but it is uh, good to, to at least know that 
all of the reports we were hearing about shots being fired at multiple locations around campus. It's good to, to at least have it confirmed that that's not the case. Two locations, extremely unfortunate. Uh, and uh, to have uh, one killed and five injured, obviously a, a horrible day for MSU, but um, but it certainly could have been a lot worse. Um, and Allison, you know, I want I just want to say one thing about uh, uh, this this community. You know, the, the Michigan State University is a very tight knit, a very close community. Uh, the most of the people in this community around this campus, they have some affiliation with this campus. So this really does tear through this community in ways that just aren't, aren't explainable. Uh, MSU Spartans are a very proud bunch, and they're very proud of their affiliation. So this uh, this is really going to, to to resonate with this community and and and. Uh, stick with this community, hurt this community for a long time. Yeah, I mean, every single one of these does. Um, gentlemen, please stick around. We we have a lot more questions for you. And up next, we're going to speak to a student, an MSU student, a Michigan State student who was there and uh, can give us his take on everything that he heard and saw. We'll be right back. Continue to cover this breaking news. One person is dead. At least five have been seriously injured in a shooting tonight on the campus of Michigan State University. Joining us right now is Gabe Trudel. He's a freshman at Michigan State. He was there for this entire incident. Um, Gabe, uh, thank you so much for being here. Where are you right now? Hi there. Yeah, I'm at uh, West Acres right now. That's a dorm room? Yes, on, on the campus, on the east side. As I understand it, you were in your dorms uh, taking a chemistry quiz when you got an alert from campus police, and then what happened? Yeah, after I after I got that alert, sh- shortly after, uh, I turned on the police police radar in our area, and it uh, about ten minutes after I did that, we got a report that um, that the the shooter had migrated over to uh, IM East, which is about a block away from from where where I'm staying and uh that really scared us so we we uh we got all the um the door barricaded and we we were peering through the windows trying to make sure that uh that he wasn't going to come over toward us which probably isn't the best in our situation but um yeah and then uh I'd say about five minutes after that they they uh evacuated our entire building like uh the dining hall area and that, that's what I captured in that video was the uh, police coming over and just making sure that everybody was OK. Yeah, I want to play that video. So you took some cell phone video out the window. And uh, let, me put, let me cue that up right now and play it for all of our viewers, because what I see in it is uh, I think we see pictures of this. Here it is through the window, the students running. Can you just walk oh us God. through what we're seeing here? Yeah, so uh Everybody was um, was told to either get out of the dining hall area, or you know they they saw the um, the shooter around there, and they just they just sprinted out, and a line of police uh, policemen just came around and made sure everybody had their hands up, and it, it was just really a terrifying thing. I mean, it looks terrifying. You can hear the the students yelling. You can hear all of you. How many roommates are you with right now, or were, were you um, with at that moment? I'm with two, and then one was actually in that dining hall, and we were really scared for him. We didn't know where he was, and uh, 
yeah, it was it was just terrifying. And have you found that roommate? Yeah, since then he came back. They evacuated him over to a uh, parking garage. And what did he say happened in that dining hall? Um, I actually haven't talked to him. He just got back. Is he there with you? Yeah. Can can you ask him or can I ask him what happened in there when he had to run out? Oh my god. Yeah, for sure. What's his name? I don't know if he wants me to know his name, but that's okay if, if not. But if he wants yeah, to share. Yeah, this is, this is him here. Yeah, my name's Connor Anderson. Hey, Connor, what happened there where we see you all running out? Yeah, so um, I was in the uh, the cafeteria, which is on the second floor. Um, got a text from some buddies of mine saying that there had been a shooting. It was uh, on the opposite side of campus, though. So basically we were in lockdown and everything was calm. And then uh, everyone was listening to police reports and um, heard that the shooters were getting closer to our location. Uh, still thought we were safe, but um, we started barricading the doors at some point when we heard their shots at Hubbard. And then um, the, the SWAT and uh, the cops came in and they all told us to get out of, uh, out of the cafeteria. So we all stormed on the stairs and uh, had our hands up walking out. They had us go to the nearest bus stop. And then as the shots got closer, they had us run to a parking garage. We were kind of stranded there for a little bit until we got waved out of the cops. But were you hearing shots? Uh, personally, no, but uh-huh. people were. Uh-huh. Uh, that's terrifying, Connor. Uh, that's really scary. How many kids would you say were in there in the dining hall at that moment? I'd say two, three hundred at least. I mean, what a scary situation on every level, because then once the police say, OK, you guys have to run out of here. Was that, you know, chaos? Oh, it was complete chaos. I mean, we all had to go down one stairwell. People were getting trampled and everything. So um, we all had to go out one exit. And uh, it took a while. I tried to stay in, you know, big groups of people to stay safe. Did you see anybody who was injured? Uh, I did not. No, thankfully. So they, they took you, they took you some, did they take you someplace else before you were able to go back to your dorm? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, the cops weighed us over. We were right outside, I think, um, Owen Hall across from Miami East. And, um, we were near two ambulances and some cops and um, a lot of other news stations were there, but we were uh, not given any instruction once we were there until just a few minutes ago when I got back that we were told to go shelter in place at our dorms. And so how are you and your roommates and Gabe feeling now uh, at this hour? Uh, relieved. I know I'm feeling warm. I was freezing my butt off out there. I'm in shorts. So uh, just relieved, glad it didn't get any worse than it was and um that obviously we're all safe so well i'm glad that you feel that way but the gunman i mean as far as we know hasn't been arrested uh no that's i I haven't heard anything about that either that's i mean no no, it's obviously scary still on the loose but um i'm just glad that all of us are safe all my friends are safe so i'm getting a lot of calls and texts from family i can imagine um and so you but you guys you and gabe and your roommates feel safe because are you barricaded in your dorm right now yeah, yeah. We um we got a couple things in front of the door and making sure we're safe. Oh my gosh! Uh, and then any other instructions from campus police? What are you supposed to do now? Um, shelter in place was the only instruction I was given. I don't think we're allowed or we're supposed to leave our rooms. Um, is what I'm guessing. I mean, I, I was just I was in a big crowd of people. Um, oh who had come from the parking garage didn't hear any instruction. And the only instruction we got was um, at the end, they told us to go back to our dorms and shelter in place. Weren't you scared walking back to your dorm? 
Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, really not many police around. Once, uh, once we did get back to our dorm, there was police doing body checks. Uh, they, they had to show IDs and then they, uh, they patted us all down. Wow. So meaning police are manning the doors of every dorm. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's scary in itself. Have you all called your parents and, and made contact with your parents tonight? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, my, uh, my mom's been calling me about every two, three minutes, so <laughs> making sure I'm all right. That's that I can imagine. And so I'm interested in what Gabe said that you guys turned on that. Well, they turned on while they were waiting for you, the police scanner. How do you all know how to yeah. do that? Um, I, I had gotten a link from one of my buddies. I'm not exactly sure how he got it, but there's a there's like a it shows how many listeners are on there. And there's like one hundred and fifty thousand people listening in. So wow. it was obviously pretty popular. I'm not exactly sure how that was found. No. Um, control room. Do we have a picture yet of the suspect? Do we have that? Okay, I want to just show this right now. I just want to put up, this is the first picture that has been released of the suspect. I want everybody to look at the screen. What you can see are the red sneakers that they've talked about in the description, black pants, um, a jeans jacket, but obviously, you know, that he can throw any of that off, uh, a baseball cap. Um, looks like he's wearing a black mask that he's been described as a black male. Um, and is that the gun, a gun it in his hand? To be. There appears to be a gun in his hand. And this looks like he's walking in, obviously, to one of the buildings. We don't know which of these buildings. There were multiple locations. Um, so everybody take a look at that. Police obviously need your help uh, there. Um, Connor, Gabe, thank you both so much. Uh, really relieved that you guys are okay tonight. Have you heard of any students who are not okay um, as far as I know, no. Uh, everyone I've talked to, all my buddies that go here, I haven't heard anybody that was injured or shot. I, I did hear, obviously, there were some fatalities and a lot of injuries, a lot of ambulances um, speeding around campus, but not personally, no, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, well, thank goodness you guys are okay. Thanks so much for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Again, the news tonight, there's been a mass school shooting at Michigan State University. Um, as far as we know, one fatality, five uh, people injured or being treated, some with life-threatening injuries at a local area hospital. Uh, we are waiting for another update from the campus police in half an hour. Um, and we've just spoken to two students who obviously are traumatized and are barricading themselves in a room. Here's the suspect. Please keep an eye out if you're in that area. Call police immediately. If you know anything, call 911. Um, we're going to take a very quick break and come back with the latest. We do have breaking news tonight. A shooting at Michigan State University. One person has been killed. At least five people are injured. Some of those are life-threatening, we just learned, and they are at the emergency room at a local hospital. We do not know the identity of the person who's been killed. We don't know if it's a student, a faculty, a staff. We will hopefully get that information soon. Back with me, Shimon Prokupes, Andrew McCabe, Juliet Kayyem, Sean Turner, who happened to be on campus when the alert went out on all of this. Uh, John Miller also joining us is John Berman. Okay, um, Shimon, what's the latest reporting you have? So I just want to go back to that photo that we showed uh, of the uh, suspect. Obviously, that's the key thing here right now is to try and find uh, this, this guy uh, and the red shoes and the jean jacket and the baseball cap. But what I think is interesting here is that he's going, it appears that he's walking into this building here. Now, so we don't know what building this is. We don't know if this is Berkey Hall or Union, uh, the other building where, this, uh, where the second incident occurred. But I guess the questions are going to be raised about how he got inside that building. I, so I, obviously that's something that I, I wanted to flag because it appears 
uh, he's walking in. I don't know where he goes from here because we don't, you know, we don't have the luxury of asking the police right now. But they say that his last known location was leaving that MSU Union Hall. And obviously, you know, from what I'm hearing from friends who've attended this school, the way this area is, is he could be anywhere. I mean, it's, you know, you're talking about a very large area, wooded areas. Uh, there's a whole other, you know, just large community. So obviously uh, the whereabouts of this, of this gunman right now uh, taking uh, probably uh, a lot of time because there's a lot to search through. The other thing that's still going on, you know, we're over three hours into this, that police are still trying to get a lot of the students out of these rooms. They're still going door to door, trying to get many of these kids out. Uh, you know, you're talking to some of them, but you know, a lot of these kids are still inside, stuck inside these classrooms, afraid to open doors because they're not sure if, in fact, it's the police. So all of that's still very much ongoing, but obviously you can see the police here with this photo are trying to track this man's every move. And so far they've done a good job of finding some photo and video of him. And I'm sure they're continuing to look through more to try and get a better uh, ID on him. But, you know, I mean, he's wearing uh, items that should be pretty easily uh, identifiable. So that's going to help them, certainly. And then you could see the gun, the handgun, um, in his, uh, there in his right hand. So that obviously uh, is going to be something that authorities are going to keep working through. But a lot more here for the police to do to try and find this man. Yeah, and uh, we expect another press report, uh, presser from them in 25 yeah. minutes. Um, Andy McCabe, let me come to you. Uh, I thought that that first press conference that they held was um, incredibly transparent. They just shared with us everything they knew. They admitted they didn't know everything. They got the photo out immediately, the surveillance video immediately of this suspect. I mean, really good police work so far, but doesn't mean that they're any closer to finding him necessarily. Yeah, Allison, it's a really good sign that they are putting out what they have. They're being very, very uh, transparent about the fact that they're still looking for this individual. Uh, they really need to take advantage of kind of crowdsourcing the search for this person. And I felt that that's what they're trying to do at that uh, last press conference. Um, getting that photograph out, getting the description out, getting the uh, last known kind of uh, location as to where that person has been sighted and where he might be going. Very important for particularly the people who are still locked into these rooms and dorm rooms and classrooms on the Michigan uh, State University campus to keep an eye out as to where they might cite this person. And then of course, call that into the authorities as to uh, where they've uh, cited um, a person or someone similar to his description, uh, uh, um, you know, showing up on campus. So uh, I thought they were handling it as well as they could under the circumstances, which are, you know, they're, they're in a tough spot right now trying to find um uh, this guy who is um, uh, a, pres a presumed mass shooter and uh, very little details to work with, but they're doing what they can and trying to take advantage of, um, you know, the greater um, uh, university community to try to locate him. Yeah. And let's remember, he can lose that denim jacket and change his outfit, but sure. but um, they don't always do that, amazingly. Uh, John Miller, you say that they also want to rewind the tape. They want to figure out where he went from here and where he was before this. Why? 
So, I mean, what you see here is a couple of indicators of pre-planning. Um, he's got the hat pulled down. He's got the mask. He's got this big barn jacket. So one would argue when you put this picture out, you know, his own mother wouldn't know him. But that's not really true. You know, uh, people who are familiar with this individual would say, oh, I know those red shoes, or I know that barn jacket, or I know that jacket and that hat together. That's my friend George or something. Um, so that's, that's a baseline, which is, a picture's worth a thousand words. What you want to do with this thread, though, is pull it forward, which is continue that video canvas going forward to see what do you capture? Is there a better shot? Is there better light from a different source, a different camera? But you also want to pull that thread backwards. You want to see, all right, so what is the camera that he might have had to pass in either direction? Check the first one. If you don't see him there, check the second one and go backwards. Because you want to get that moment where uh, before he put the mask on, uh, before he put the hat on, if there's a clear shot of what he really looks like, and all of that's going on right now. So we can probably hope for a better image as they expand the video canvas, but um, I agree with you. I take my hat off to them for going with the image they got, which gives the public a baseline for, okay, this is what I'm looking for right now. Friends, we have a, a disturbing update right now. This is coming, I think, from the uh, Michigan State University Police. They now confirm there's been three fatalities. So the death toll has gone up from this mass shooting on Michigan State University's campus. Three people have been killed now. Five victims, as we know, as we heard at the last press conference, are hospitalized. We we don't we believe there are still five victims hospitalized. The the uh, Deputy Chief said that those victims did have life-threatening injuries. So this is a mass shooting. It's another mass shooting at another school. Um, it's horrible news. Obviously, there are uh, terrified parents out there tonight, and there are still students who are barricaded in their dorm rooms and classrooms as we speak. We're going to take a very, very quick break, and we're going to come back with uh, new reporting on the other side. We're back with more breaking news. Police say a suspect is on the loose after a mass shooting at Michigan State University. Campus police now confirm there are three people killed. Five people are wounded at the hospital, some with life-threatening injuries. So the death toll has gone up. Back with me now, Shimon Prokupes, John Miller, and John Berman. John Berman, um, you know, I think back that tomorrow is the five-year anniversary of Parkland, which the school shooting that you and I both covered. We've covered many of these. I don't know what to say about that. I have, I'm all out of wisdom about that, but I mean, you know, I just remember the intensity of that, and here we are again. Look, I don't want to be morose or maudlin, but, but every other day or every other week is the anniversary at this point uh, of another mass shooting, which is not to diminish, I think, the pain or the heartache or the concern that exists in East Lansing right now. What makes this different than so many of the mass shootings we covered is that Generally, it seems as if the shooter is either killed or caught right away. Uh, I was just trying to think of the most recent mass shootings that we've covered and that we've done where the suspect was on the loose. And there was a manhunt. One of them uh, was Highland Park in Illinois, the Fourth of July shooting, where it took until that night to apprehend that suspect. But then the other one that might be the most pertinent, we have an expert on it right here with us on set, is the subway shooting here in New York City last April. No one was killed, but the shooting, it was a mass shooting uh, 
in a subway car where the suspect got away. And then by the release of the video and piecing together the evidence, they were able to catch that suspect relatively quickly. And at the time, I was running the Intelligence and Counterterrorism Bureaus uh, when that shooting happened. And, you know, we had a decision to make, which was we got a very early lead on a name and uh, a tip from a rent-a-car place, a -a rent-a-truck place in Pennsylvania. So we knew who we were looking for, and we were trying to close that net. But the, the moment of truth came when we said, we have the picture. If we put the picture out, he knows we know who he is and that, you know, we're closing that net. Uh, but the, the decision that we made was the same that these police made, which is it's great to have 3,000 detectives looking for him. But if you can have 8 million detectives in New York City among the populace of this city all looking for him at the same time, that kind of crowdsourcing is of infinite value. And they made that decision right away. And is the information you get manageable? Do the number of calls that come in, can you sift through them to get the ones that are the most important quickly enough? I mean, we could because we have hundreds of 911 operators. Uh, in a case like this, they may have to build out a call center. We've seen in recent cases, uh, even in the murder of the students, um, the college students uh, out west where... They funneled the tip line to the FBI's call center where they could handle the volume and put it into a lead tracking system. And right now you'll have the FBI uh, on the scene with their SWAT team in case it's needed, but also with their victim witness assistance people, with their technical people, um, phone tracking people, um, all the support people that they can bring to this if they're needed. So these are going to be decisions that they're going to have to make you know, early on in this investigation because... Once they have this picture out, the calls are already flooding in. Once they get a better picture out, and I anticipate that they will, as they expand the video canvas, get a better image that shows more of that face, um, they'll get even more calls. Yes, indeed. And Shimon, to that point, I mean, I know there are no guarantees, but the fact that they did this so quickly and they have such a good shot, um, still frame from the video, this guy's not long for freedom. I mean, they're going to be that, that the I assume they have surveillance video all over campus. They, right. you know, they probably do know where he went next. Right. They probably do. And so, you know, whether he headed towards the woods or whether he maybe he got in a car, which we don't know yet. And maybe that's something that they'll release later as they try to put together a sort of this footprint w- where he is. I think the other significant thing is that he's, he used, it appears he used a handgun here. And so that's going to be certainly significant. Sadly, I mean, so many of the mass shootings we've covered, it's certainly at schools, involved, you know, AR-style uh, weapons. You know, you, you think of Uvalde, uh, which is what I obviously most recently covered. Um, there was that kind of a weapon. And also just the, the way the police have responded here and the way the police have released information here um, should be applauded because, you know, listening to how the police were responding, it was coordinated, it was sophisticated, they all knew what they needed to do, they all worked together, they went into teams almost immediately, um, which is what they're supposed to do, and try and go uh, find victims, try and find the gunman. So clearly it's going to be a very busy night there as they continue to uh, search for this gunman. Okay. Uh, we are awaiting another press conference by the Michigan State campus police there. You can see what looks like students, yeah, uh, the aftermath of this shooting there. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. The 
following our breaking news tonight. This is video shot by a student at Michigan State University of other students running from the dining hall after police, a SWAT team, went in to tell them that there was an active shooter on campus. They are, that's, I think, police running towards them and police, and I'm sorry, students running out of the dining hall. One student that we spoke to earlier described it as chaos. Uh, let's bring in former deputy director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, who has been following this with us all night. Um, Andy, what are the FBI and ATF doing at this hour? There's a massive amount of work that needs to be done right now, Allison, on this scene. And that's in terms of clearing every single individual room that might be implicated in all of these buildings. So you you know, if you're running this scene, you're looking for tactical teams, whether it's from the FBI or ATF or state and local police, anybody who's uh, got folks who are willing to contribute to the action. Um, and you're going to send them into discrete parts of these buildings to clear these rooms to make sure that you don't have that uh, armed shooter still kind of lurking inside a classroom or a dorm room or holding people hostage and that sort of uh, that sort of thing. So they are still very much in the tactical part of clearing this yeah. uh, this situation, and uh, that might go on for uh, for quite some time. So we probably need to buckle in and be prepared to kind of watch this for the next few hours. And we are going to be doing that. Andy McCabe, thank you very much. Our breaking news is going to continue with John Berman in just a moment. This is CNN Breaking News. Hello, everyone. I'm John Berman in New York. This is CNN's special live coverage. We are following breaking news. At least three people are dead, five others injured in a shooting at Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. Police say the first call came in at about 8.18 p.m. local time. That's a little bit less than four hours ago at this point. Officers were on the scene within minutes. They say they located several victims. The five people who were injured have been taken to the hospital. Some of them, we are told, have life-threatening injuries. Now, here's the thing. The suspect is still very much at large. There is a manhunt underway at this moment. This is video surveillance footage. Two photos you can see here released by the Michigan State Police. This, police say, is the suspect leaving the MSU Union building on foot you can see that the, the heavy denim barn jacket there, the baseball cap, and notably the red shoes. Students say they got an email blast from the school warning them to shelter in place soon after the shooting started. We were there locked in the rooms, and the guys were telling us to run out the back doors as quick as we can and run for our lives. And I sprinted out there as fast as I can into the woods. And then from there, I thought, you know, I thought the side of the campus would be safe. And then I got a brother, I got a text from my brother saying that they're over near that area. And then I entered Acres. And then when I came into Acres, people started running, telling me to run, that they came into Acres. So it's just a terrifying experience. We're fired at multiple locations on campus. Michigan State has canceled classes and all school activities for the next 48 hours. FBI agents are also responding to the incident to help local police. 
for parents. We understand. I can only imagine the emotion that's involved right now. It's going to help us, and it's going to help our response, and it's going to help us identify the shooter, the less people that are on campus at this point. Please do not come to campus. We are doing everything we can to ensure the safety of our campus and all of our students. So that news conference you just saw there was about one hour ago. There is another one expected in about 15 to 20 minutes. We, of course, will bring that to you live. Joining me now, CNN senior crime and justice correspondent Shimon Prokipes, CNN senior law enforcement analyst Andrew McCabe, national security analyst Julia Kayyem, and also our, our senior terrorism and crime and justice analyst John Miller. Uh, thank you all so much for being with us. John, let me just start with you, first of all. Again, one hour ago, we did hear from MSU police. They told us at that point there had been five injured. Since that news conference, we've learned three fatalities. They've also released these photos that we've now seen of the suspect. What are you expecting or what are you hoping to learn at this next news conference? Well, I believe what we now are learning is that at approximately 11.56, 11.54 p.m., a, Ma a, a Michigan State Police unit um, on patrol spotted a suspect fitting this description walking on Lake Lansing Road. Uh, they, they asked for the description to be repeated. It was uh, a male with uh, black pants, blue jean jacket, uh, red shoes, wearing a backpack. Um, they approached the male. The male um, took out a weapon um, and, according to police, uh, conducted, uh, uh, shot himself in the head, and, um, and then they called for backup. Right now, as we are uh, following this, um, emergency medical personnel are on the scene, um, conducting CPR, trying to render aid. An initial search of the suspect uh, turned up the gun that he had on him, a second gun in a backpack and numerous loaded magazines for those weapons. So it appears at this moment that this may be coming to a close. Uh, that would be a major development, John Miller, if, as you say, police have come upon someone who matched the description in the photos they released. And in the process of encountering this individual, as you say, the individual may have taken his own life. Again, uh, this information just coming in from our John Miller there. Uh, Shimon Prokipes, you're with us as well. Anything you're picking up on this front? No. So there's, there was some police activity uh, in an area, and so police did respond. And so we're just waiting for confirmation, obviously, from them. Uh, and maybe we'll, there may be a delay here now in the press conference uh, as a result of that. So, uh, But we have no—police have not— uh, issued a statement yet to, to confirm uh, any of that. But certainly there was uh, a significant activity. Uh, and so now we're, we're trying to piece it all together. But, you know, we're, we're going on almost four hours since this, uh, since those first shots were fired. Uh, and still students are inside classrooms, inside rooms, as the police are still continuing uh, to go through that building. Some have been released. Uh, you know, I've been hearing from friends uh, whose kids go there. You know, we have colleagues here who went to the school. And so we're hearing uh, from many people 
telling us about the campus and, of course, concerned about their loved ones who are there. And so it seems like things have kind of um, calmed down at the school. And now we're just waiting word on what this activity was definitively from, from police. They're supposed to have this press conference. But obviously we're going on about four hours since uh, this happened uh, and police releasing that photo of the shooter and, you know, the description of what he's wearing, kind of those red sneakers are, are, you know, certainly would stand out to anyone who would see him or approach him. So we're now we're just waiting here uh, for police. You know, sad news, obviously, you have three dead, five at the hospital, uh, police saying that the three dead uh, and plus there's those five that are still in the hospital with life-threatening injuries. So, you know, the numbers here could certainly uh, go up. uh, And for many family members who have not been able to get in contact with their kids, it's going to be a long night there. No question about that. And as you say, Shimon, three confirm fatalities at this point. Five additional people we've been told injured. Some of them, we were told, with life-threatening injuries. Andrew McCabe, the information from John Miller, uh, that perhaps there was an encounter with someone who matched the description in the photos that had been released about one hour ago. There was an encounter between police and an individual where this individual, it appears, may have taken his own life If that did happen in the manner described there, Andy, what then do authorities now need to do to secure that scene and secure the overall situation to know in a way that the threat is over? So, John, you know, in all likelihood, your law enforcement authority, so that's the uh, Michigan State Police and all of their local and state uh, um, counterparts and their federal counterparts who have been drawn to this scene are likely going to continue to clear that uh, all the locations relevant to this, uh, to this crisis. So, um, until we have like abs- until they have absolutely clear clear confirmation that this is the person they've been looking for who is involved in all of the shootings that led up to this uh this event uh tonight they're going to continue to have those tactical teams from state and local police uh agencies and the FBI and all the other federal um uh uh colleagues that have uh, contributed to this effort to keep going through their basically um, uh, slow and clear process to enter every facility, every room, every space uh, on all the buildings that are uh, considered to be at risk here and ensure that there is no continued threat uh, to this uh uh, environment, you know, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. This is obviously a huge uh, piece of information coming from John and his sources. Um, but I would expect that the tactical teams on scene are continuing to do their work. And Julia Kayam, once again, we are told that we will hear from Michigan state authorities in about 10 minutes. That news conference was supposed to be at midnight Eastern time, then push back to 1220. I don't know if it's going to slide more given the information that is coming in at this moment. What do you imagine is going on behind the scenes? 
This is, uh, uh, I was texting with your producer, we'll know what's what's happening if it's delayed. So it's 12.20, 12.30 is because they're trying to confirm and have a story that, or have the accurate story of what in fact happened uh, with the suspect. Uh, and they still have ongoing things um, happening. I, I want to make it clear. So at 11 o'clock, they say there's there's one fatality and five injuries, and, and some of them a, a severe critical condition. And in that hour, they found two more people. So just to be clear, it's a large campus. Uh, the two different buildings are are far apart. These are not like he walked across the street. These large campuses are, um, are uh, 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 great distances apart. Uh, and so we don't they are looking everywhere to make sure that there weren't third, fourth, or you know, a, a fifth areas where there might have been shootings that they will then find others. Because I think this gap in this hour, where then they they now say there's two additional fatalities, means that they are they are they're searching and they may be finding things that that um, that are are horrifying in the sense that it's increasing the fatality rate, and that that was not in their first numbers. The second is, of course, the response at the college, at the university, um, uh, that is still going on. You have students, the, the police officer rightfully said, you know, obviously parents want to know where their kids are. They have to be separated. You can't, you can't just introduce a whole bunch of parents into this uh, site. And so uh, this is why, you know, text and phone and just make sure everyone's okay. And, and you're going to just let, you know, you know, let time go until the kids are out. Uh, this is a, a large university with um, uh, uh, students who are older. So it may, we don't know um, in terms of uh, colleges are weird because, you know, some parents are very involved and some kids sort of, you know, have their own lives. And so being able to notify next of kin if there's an injury um, or if they cannot find a student is more difficult at these kinds of colleges and universities because people are coming in and out. It's not like a small residential college where you where where a residential you know, a person might know where where the kids are. I just want to add one more thing, maybe as a mother at 12, 12 in the morning. It is also 30 degrees in Michigan. These kids are now outside of their buildings. And so what you're seeing now is emergency management coming in and you see them all in blankets. It is This is not over for them. And it, it hopefully it will be in the next 10 or 20 minutes and people can begin to go back to their rooms. But these kids were told to get out. They don't have time to get coats. They don't have time to get much. And so uh, that's what's going on on campus. Yeah, no, we've actually heard from students telling us how cold they are uh, as they were waiting yeah. outside um, trying to get around there. Juliet, Andrew, Shimon, John, please uh, stand by if you can for a moment. Again, we're waiting for this next news briefing. So much has happened in just the last hour. Number one, we learned three fatalities, five injuries. Some of them may be life-threatening. That number three fatalities is up from what we were told just about an hour ago, so still unclear if that number still could rise. Also, photos of the suspect released and this information coming in from John Miller of an encounter between police and someone matching that suspect where it appears that that person may have taken his own life. Police telling us they will speak to us shortly. Stay with CNN for the very latest. All right, I'm John Berman in New York. The breaking news this hour, at least three fatalities, five others injured in a mass shooting at Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. 
We are waiting for a news conference from Michigan State Police, which should happen uh, sometime in the next few minutes here. And they may have some new information for us. Again, one hour ago, they released photos of a suspect. And now we're getting some information about what may have happened to someone matching the description of that suspect. So let's get right to John Miller here in New York for the latest, John, on what you're hearing on that front. Well, remember, John, they didn't know, as far as we know, who they were looking for, but they did have the photograph. It went out to all the police agencies. A Michigan State Police uh, team was driving on Lake Lansing Road, saw the individual with the long jean jacket, the dark pants. Um, When they attempted to encounter him on the street, uh, they say he pulled a weapon and shot himself. We do not know his condition, um, but we are told that they found that gun, a second gun in a backpack, and numerous magazines uh, loaded with additional ammunition. So given the idea that um, they are saying he is wearing the dark pants, the jean jacket, and the red shoes, there's a significant possibility that they encountered the suspect in the photograph that they released um, to the public uh, just an hour ago and this could be taking a turn. What they don't know, because they didn't know his identity when they were searching for him, uh, they may be able to learn, depending on what they find on that individual. Is he a student? Uh, Does he have a relationship with a student? Did he work at the school, um, or was this some particular grudge, if in fact he's the gunman? So that is um, the developing part of this story and hopefully what will be able to be illuminated on when their press conference um, and their update comes around shortly. You you say developing, and we should know this is developing in the last few minutes. This encounter uh, is said to have happened, John, what, right before midnight? That's right. It was about four minutes before midnight, um, and uh, it was uh, a unit rolling down the street who saw an individual on foot and decided to make the stop. Again, so that would be some 25 minutes ago, which itself was about some 50 minutes after police spoke and only about 40 minutes after the photos uh, of the suspect were released showing that jean jacket, showing those red shoes. And now someone matching that description has been in an encounter with police where this person shot himself. The condition at this point, John, not clear? Uh, They were giving CPR to him on the scene, and um, that's uh, something that uh, was happening again just a few minutes ago, so unknown at this time. Okay, and again, when we say a few minutes ago, we mean, honestly, a few minutes ago, if the encounter itself took place just four minutes before midnight. I want to bring in Sean Turner, national security analyst, who also happens to teach at Michigan State uh, University. Sean, this has all happened so quickly, so quickly. We're talking about things that have only happened 20, 30 minutes ago at this point. Are you catching any wind of this on campus? Well, the campus is on lockdown right now, John, but what I can tell you is I live about a mile and a half away from the campus here at Michigan State University, and Lake Lansing Road, uh, where John has uh, reported that there has been an encounter, is about a half a mile away from my house. Um, While I can't confirm the details that John has, what I can tell you is that in the last half hour or so, uh, there have been a number of helicopters uh, in the sky uh, in the the area above my house and uh, in the area toward Lake Lansing Road. So that would seem to validate that something is happening there. 
Um, on campus right now, I know that we still have several students who are uh, students, faculty members, staff who are in lockdown there. And what we're seeing happen on campus right now is information is going, going out um, internal to everyone who's connected, letting them know what police will say when they come to the door to, to get them out. We have people who are by themselves in locked rooms with the lights out, and they need to know how to, how to validate that the person on the other side of that room is a law enforcement official. So we're sharing that information internally. Obviously, I, would, I won't say that information on the air, but that's, that's the effort that's underway right now uh, on campus is to get those people out and make sure they're all safe. Uh, but there's definitely something going on uh, here. Uh, again, uh, you know, we can just tell just based on all the law enforcement activity uh, in, in the immediate uh, vicinity here. I think I can hear the law enforcement uh, activity, uh, you know, bleeding through in the audio here. Again, aerial activity, helicopters there. You hear the police cars on the street. And as you say, a terrifying situation for the people, the students still on campus, still hiding uh, in certain cases. Uh, and Julia Kayyem, I just want to bring up this point with you very quickly. Again, we are waiting for this news conference, which hopefully will take place in a few minutes. But yes, they want to get the information right at this point. I know there's an imperative. Right. If this is the suspect and if this is over, they want people to know that. On the other hand, yes. they need to be sure. Absolutely. You, they, they have time on their side. The, the, the suspect is, is either dead or getting CPR. Uh, they have the campus under control uh, they've got to get this right for a variety of reasons. One is, of course, there are, th- are three dead members of the uh, of the university community, uh, and we they got to notify next of kin. They've got students all about the campus, either locked in, uh, as Sean was saying, or out in the cold, waiting to see where they can go. They're they're running. They're, they left their stuff behind, um, and so they want to close this well because, of course, the students are going to go back. The school is going to be closed for. Uh, two days for up to two days. Uh, so the students have to find places to go if they uh, don't have places to go. And parents, of course, as we've been saying, parents are surging to the college and university. Right? It's hard to say they shouldn't do it, but but it, it does cause an additional impediment. So if they're going to close this, one hopes they want to close it right. And I will say the one thing that that they may want to determine is what were his connections, if any, uh, to the university, to an individual who might have been harmed. Uh, uh, we don't know if this was a random act, if it was a, mm-hmm. someone just who wanted to do it, or if it was uh, a, a targeted uh, individual and then others happened to be in the room. That's what we saw, for example, in Walmart, uh, um, in the most recent Walmart uh, shooting. Uh, and, and I want to bring in Andrew McCabe, if he's still with us right now. Andrew, John Miller saying that that firearms, guns, two handguns uh, apprehended at the scene with the encounter uh, with this individual who matched the description of the person in the photos, two handguns and some magazines, some ammunition. What do you do with them now? How do you trace those guns? What can you find out from them? There's no question, John, that the ATF becomes a key partner in the tracing of those firearms. So you want to understand where those firearms were, how they were acquired, where they may have been purchased, uh, who was the uh, purchaser Andrew, in those you they're talking events. right now. Let's listen to what they're saying. Chief of Police here at Michigan State University. Uh, tragic series of events that have occurred here this evening. Uh, but we've had a tremendous amount of support 
from our community to include our law enforcement partners who are here with me at the moment as well. Um, standing at the far right, we have Ingham County Prosecutor John Duane. Uh, next to him, we have Sheriff, Sheriff Scott Wigglesworth, Special Agent in Charge of the FBI, Jim Taraska, and you've already met Deputy Chief Chris Rosman. Wanted to thank you for, for coming to share us as we update our community in regards to tonight's events. Um, we will get directly to the most recent update with that, and then we'll have uh, comment and questions. Thank you, Chief. Uh, again, Chris Rosman, Deputy Chief with Michigan State University Police and Public Safety. So we start tonight by sharing an important update, and that update is the suspect in this incident was located outside of the MSU campus, and it does appear that that suspect has uh, died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. It is confirmed that he is deceased. This truly has been a nightmare that we are living tonight, but we have remained laser focused on the safety of our campus, our students, and the surrounding community. We are relieved to no longer have an active threat on campus, while we realize that there is so much healing that will need to take place after this. Again, to reiterate the update, there is no longer a threat to campus. We believe there to only be one shooter in this incident, and there is no longer a need to shelter in place on campus. There is no longer a threat on campus. We are sad to report that there have been three confirmed fatalities. This is in addition to the five victims who were injured and transported to the hospital. Some of those five victims still have life-threatening injuries. Out of respect for the families, and while we continue our active investigation, we cannot confirm any personal information about any of the victims at this time. Again, we want to reiterate to everybody that we know there is a lot of information that's being shared on social media and being said on the scanner. Please continue to get your information from us. We are committed to sharing timely and transparent information. Our hearts are with those who have been affected by this senseless act of violence. Giving an update like this is never easy. As a father, I can only imagine how parents are feeling right now. This will be the beginning of a long healing process for everyone who has been affected. That is the initial information that we're able to share at this point. I'll conclude by saying again that this is still a fluid situation. There are several different crime scenes that we are processing with our state and federal partners. And there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. At this time, I'm gonna turn it over to Special Agent in Charge, James Taraska from the FBI. 
Good evening. I'm Jim Taraska, Special Agent in Charge of the FBI in Michigan. Our hearts go out to the victims, their families, and the entire community. I'd like to thank Chief Lynch for your leadership tonight and your partnership. This evening, FBI agents and our response teams joined our law enforcement partners to assist in investigating this horrific incident. We will continue to investigate till we are sure no further threat is posed to the public, which at this point, we're pretty clear it's not. Additionally, we will provide victim services to all students impacted by this incident. We're asking the public, in addition to the other uh, numbers provided to call in for information, we have the 1-800-CALL-FBI number. Please feel free to use that to call in any tips. Um, this is an ongoing investigation. We'll continue investigating throughout the night and uh, likely days. So with that, Chief, thank you. Thank you. In addition to the FBI tip line, we have countless investigators from not only the MSU, Police and Public Safety, but our local, county, state, and federal partners assisting us with this investigation, and there still is a lot to do. I'm gonna provide another 800 number and email address for anybody that may have any information that will help our investigators as we put the pieces together for this incident. That phone number, and we'll also share it on our social media, is 844-99-MSUPD. Again, 844-99-MSUPD. And our tip line is tips, T-I-P-S, at police.msu.edu. Our investigators will continue to work tonight and around the clock to process the crime scenes and start to put the pieces together to try to understand what happened here tonight. At this time, we will open it up for, for a couple questions. I, I, I just wanna say, please understand that we are sharing information as quick as we can. There's a lot that we don't know at this point. This is still dynamic, it's still fluid, and we will do our best to answer your questions. I'll start right here in the front. Is the suspect a faculty member, a student? What can you tell us about him? So we are unsure of any um, affiliation that the suspect had to the university. Uh, our investigators and officers are still working to determine his identity. Um, once his identity is uh, determined, uh, we will then uh, look to what connection he may have had to our community here, but at this time, that's still part of our investigation. Just to follow up along the same lines, are the victims in this instance students? So we, we continue to work to identify the victims in this case uh, out of respect for their families. As we work through the process, we are not gonna uh, identify or confirm if any of the victims at this point are MSU students. That is something that we are uh, quickly working to determine, and that will be uh, a priority for us. In the back. Um, it, I, can you describe if there are men or women for the victims? I actually don't have that information. Um, all, all we can confirm at this point is um, three fatalities uh, at, at the scene on campus, 
and five victims that were transported. Uh, that is all the information that we have. However, we will work to determine the specific identity of those victims and their affiliation to campus if any. Over here. Uh, were the shootings limited to the Union and Berkey? And then also, uh, there were reports that the suspect was found with a backpack with magazines and another gun. Are you able to say that's the case? So the first question was the location of the shootings. We can confirm that the first shooting occurred at Berkey Hall and the second subsequent shooting occurred at the MSU Union, which is um, adjacent to uh, Berkey Hall. Um, victims were located at both of those locations. There were no other scenes or uh, a shooting did not take place at any other location. There were uh, erroneous reports that there were additional um, shooting scenes and that is not true. The question about what the suspect had in his possession when he was contacted, um, I cannot confirm that right now. We did release some pictures of the suspect um, I cannot confirm if he will, if he was possessing a bag at that at that time. Go over here. Do we know what type of gun was used? We do not at this point. We do not have that information. Uh, that will be part of this investigation in terms of what type of weapon was used. Uh, we do not have that information at this time. Our investigators not are working. Uh, that's part of the investigation that we're putting the pieces together right now. Go over here. About what the motive was for this? We have absolutely no information right now on what the motive is, and, and I can't even begin to imagine what that motive would be. That will obviously be part of our investigation. I know that that is going to be a question that lingers on everybody's mind. We will do our best to determine that, but at this time, we have we have no idea. How, right. how, many, how many law enforcement officers, agents, assisted you? in this uh, entire the, the initial response to the initial shooting was was overwhelming. Uh, every one of our law enforcement partners in Ingham County responded to the scene and additional counties in this area showed up along with our federal partners. I'm comfortable saying in the hundreds, we had hundreds of law enforcement officers from university, local, county, state, and federal uh, from the mid-Michigan area that descended on campus today in a coordinated effort to resolve this incident and, and secure our campus. In the back, can you say? Do you know where the MSU president is and do you know why we have heard from her? Um, I, I don't have that information right now. My understanding is that um, she is returning to, to campus um, and has been briefed on this incident and I can only imagine um, what she's feeling at this point. Um, our focus at up, up to this point has really been on the safety of our campus and the public safety operations at hand. And we have briefed uh, not only our president, but our executive leadership team every step of the way. Uh, in addition to that, we activated our emergency operations center and put our plans in place that we have, uh, that we have planned for uh, an incident similar to this. We initiated those plans um, and, and part of the reason that, that it, it was as smooth on our end as, as it was in this tragic situation was because of the pre-planning, the emergency plans, and the training that we, that we do countywide for responding to an uh, act of violence incident. 
in the back. Great. Uh, can you confirm how many fatalities and injuries there were at each shooting location and how many people were at those locations when the shooting started? Sure. The question was how many victims were at each shooting scene. Um, I, I unfortunately do not have that information. Uh, out of an abundance of transparency, I can share that two of the fatalities were at Berkey Hall and one was at the MSU Union. The other five victims, I don't have the specific locations where they were. Um, I, we also don't have inf specific information on how many students or people were in those buildings when the shooting occurred. I do know that there were students uh, in those buildings. I don't have a, a specific number. I, I want to commend the students and our community on how they reacted when we sent out our emergency messaging, instructing people to shelter in place, to run, hide, fight. Uh, our community listened, and, and that's why uh, a lot of folks in those buildings were able to uh, es escape is because of following our instructions. I'm going to go over here in the back. So I, I actually don't have that information right now. Um, the, the update that we provided about the contact that we had with the suspect off campus uh, was very fluid and dynamic and occurred right before uh, coming in here today. So unfortunately, I don't have that information um, on what led us to his location. He was contacted by law enforcement. Uh, he was contacted by law enforcement off campus. I cannot confirm that location right now. That scene is also being treated as a crime scene and is being investigated uh, as we speak. We may have additional information to share relating to that in the future. Uh, tell you what, over here, go ahead. The five victims, um, are all of them still in, still in critical condition? Are some in stable condition? What's the range of their condition? So we do not have a current update on the five victims that are at the hospital. Um, I, I am aware that they experienced life-threatening injuries. We hope to have an update from the hospital, and I think at future uh, briefings we will have a representative from the hospital here that may be able to share additional information as well. Sir. Yeah, uh, thank you. The uh, shooting victims in Berkey, were they all in one location, such as a particular classroom? So I don't have that information right now that would that will be part of our investigation in terms of where the, the victims were located within the building. Uh, we don't have that information available to us right now. Right here. Are there plans to close campus beyond the 48 hours? So at this point, we, we are declaring that campus will be closed for 48 hours. That is the current status right now. Uh, that is subject to change. As we evaluate uh, our response to this incident, keeping the victims and the students of our community who have been impacted by this tragedy at the forefront. Um, if, if we need to extend that, that we will, and the appropriate conversations are occurring to make those determinations right now. Sir? Can you confirm that the, the uh, suspect in the photos is the same person um, that was found dead? I can confirm that the photograph that we pushed out immediately as part of our transparent information sharing is the same suspect that was found um, deceased, yes. <clears throat> Sir? Just so I'm clear, can parents come to the campus now to pick up their students, and can students leave the campus? 
Yeah, so we have lifted the shelter in place. That communication was sent out um, during this, this conference. Uh, students are free to leave and, and go about their business. If, if they um, would like to be picked up, they may do that. We encourage any student that experienced any part of this incident that may be a witness to contact us. Um, we have already been in touch with several of them, but if there are any students that witnessed uh, any of the tragedy that occurred tonight, we would refer them to our tip line and email. We would like to have a investigator speak with them um, to understand what their experience was during this, this tragic incident in the back. To your knowledge, was there anybody that confronted the shooter either at Berkey or the student union building? We do not have any information on whether anybody confronted the shooter at either one of those buildings one way or the other. Um, part of the investigation, we will look at the sequence of events and what occurred at each building. Um, and that's why we encourage uh, any students or witnesses to come forward to help us piece the, the uh, sequence of events together. Go ahead. Were any campus threats reported in the last few days or on social media? And then how did police find the suspect? Did he shoot himself prior to police interaction? So we have not received any threats to campus in the last several days or before this incident. Um, we have not received any, any threats to our, to our knowledge. Obviously, our state and federal partners are constantly uh, monitoring different sources to, to provide information to us. And to my knowledge right now, we, we were not aware of a, a threat before this. Uh, what was the second part of your question? How did you all stop the suspect? Did he shoot himself before he made contact with you guys? So I don't have the particular details on the, the encounter that happened when law enforcement confronted the suspect off campus. Uh, that will be part of our investigation as well, but I don't have the specific details of how that incident transpired. Mm -hmm. What was the first time that the call came in? The first report that we received was at 8.18 p.m. 8.18 p.m. Um, we responded in force. Uh, we had officers on scene, not only from MSU Police and Public Safety, but East Lansing Police Department, the Michigan State Police, the Ingham County Sheriff's Office, Meridian Township Police Department, initially responded to that scene within minutes. We had officers in the building following their active shooter protocol and going towards the threat. Um, while officers were in Berkey Hall, uh, the suspect moved over to the Union, and when the incident took place there, officers quickly redeployed to the Union, and that's when the suspect left out the north door of the Union, which was the point that he was last seen. We'll be taking one more question, and then we'll provide an additional update at 1.30 a.m. So we'll take one more question, and we are going to do another update in, at 1.30, which is less than an hour from now. Go ahead. I know the, the scene with the, the shooter is still ongoing. You just found out about it. But do you know, was he in an off-campus apartment, in, his, in a car? What was the location in which you found the suspect? So we're not going to share any information right now about that specific location where that occurred. Um, I can assure you that it was off campus. Um, it wasn't uh, directly near campus at all. It was in an off-campus location. Uh, because that scene is, is still active as well, we're, we're not going to disclose that particular location right now. So again, um, we really do appreciate everyone. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to turn it back over to the Vice President, Chief. I just wanted to, to end it with this particular comment. Um, we can't describe and appreciate 
the response that we have from our partners in our community. The number of police officers, emergency medical service, fire departments that showed up literally within minutes to support this effort, it's completely overwhelming with that. Um, if you were on campus at the time, you saw it with that. They're still there, still clearing buildings. It's a very methodical process. We had the numbers to do it. And it's only because of the relationships that we have here locally and the ability to train and partner constantly. And the communication is always there. It's a situation that when one department receives the call, everybody does with that. We're extremely grateful for our relationships. Um, it would not have been as thorough and as expedient and as efficient that it has been to this point without those partnerships. I just wanted to take a moment to thank our partners with that, as well as our community for, for being responsive to the messaging that was sent to them this evening. Thank you, and we'll see you at 1.30. You have been listening to authorities from Michigan State University, law enforcement there, reporting that the threat is over. The suspect, they say, responsible for killing three people on campus several hours ago and injuring five others. That suspect, they say, took his own life. They say the threat is over the shelter-in-place order that had been in effect in Michigan State University, that has been lifted. So that will be a relief to that community there. The tragedy, however, still remains. Three people killed at different locations. Two at one location in Berkey Hall, one at a nearby location at the Student Union, three fatalities in total right now, five others injured, transported to a local hospital. Some of them are now with life-threatening conditions. But the news you heard moments ago, this all developed so quickly. The threat is over. The suspect, they say, for whom they released photos just about an hour and a half ago, that suspect died in an encounter with police where he took his own life. My panel of experts and analysts back here now with me, Shimon Prokopez, Andrew McCabe, Sean Turner, John Miller, uh, Julia Kayyem, thank you all for being here. John, you were the first to alert us to this encounter, which happened not even one hour ago, just a few minutes before midnight. You heard the authorities from Michigan State University Tell us that the suspect were dead. Any details around the margins for how this encounter took place? It was after the clear description went out, but more importantly, after the photographs went out to all of the police that were saturating that area um, beyond those who were on campus. And then uh, driving down that street, uh, Michigan State Police encountered a man wearing the jacket that was like the jacket in the photo, the pants that was like the, the, the pants in the photo, the backpack, um, and they initiated, initiated a pedestrian stop. And as they approached, the individual pulled out a weapon, um, shot himself, uh, took his own life, and then they recovered evidence at the scene, including the gun he used to shoot himself, an additional gun in the backpack, magazines and additional ammunition, um, that tells us a lot. That tells us that this individual came prepared um, with multiple weapons and a large amount of ammunition 
um, to commit tremendous damage, which he did. So as on campus, um, the fear ebbs into sorrow uh, for those who were wounded and lost, but also trauma uh, for the the students who have gone through this tonight um, on lockdown, hiding in closets, under desks in classrooms. We still have a lot of questions about the individual behind the shooting. Now that they um, have taken him into custody, now that he's taken his own life, that gives them a chance to go through that material. Does he have ID? Can they establish uh, an association or a relationship with the school? Was he a student? Was he a former student? Ever an employee? Did he have a relationship with somebody at the school? All of those are going to be open questions that will help them go towards what was the motive before, uh, for this horrific event. I will tell you this, John, and you know this from your own experience. When you find out what the motive is behind these shootings, if you find out, they never really add up to something that would make sense, um, given the carnage and the cost of these actions. And because the individual is now dead, uh, learning that motive mm. may not be apparent. It may be when they get the search warrant for the house, when they go through the computers, when they are, are able to, if they are able to, enter his phone um, and look for that reason. Uh, but again, yeah. this investigation now is, is, to, is to find answers, not to, to move towards a prosecution. And again, we don't it know. There's one individual. We don't know the identity of this suspect. Do not know if this suspect is connected in any way with Michigan State University. We do know, as you say, when they do find a motive, we know it won't make sense because by definition, a mass shooting like this makes no sense. Uh, it can't make sense. Uh, Shimon Prokipas, to you, just very quickly, it could have been when you hear deaths in multiple locations, it gives you a sense of truly how terrifying this must have been. Three and a half hours of terror in what will now be you know, days, months, you know, years of mourning. Right. And we also don't know some of the stuff that is kind of going through my head right now, listening to police, their talk is we don't know why he stopped. Right. We don't know what happened. So he gets into the union hall. What happens there? You know, we know there was a victim there. Why did he stop? Why did he leave? Mm. When you look at the photo, I'm still, you know, the photo of him uh, in what appears to be like a staircase stairwell of of one of the areas, it looks like he just easily walks in. Now, people have been saying to me, because I brought this up earlier, is like, how did he get inside? And, and so perhaps it's a, it's a public uh, area, and so you could just walk in. So did he know where he was going? Was he targeting certain locations? Because he seemed to move through the area. So that's certainly something that I think is going to be important yeah. for uh, law enforcement. Because also someone asked there, you know, wisely was there any affiliation to the school and that's going to be the key thing sure. right now for authorities certainly to figure out John. we just don't know uh sean turner uh national security analyst and teacher at, at michigan state university I, I imagine some sense of relief at this point yeah john you know when we consider the tragedy that the shooter brought to our campus tonight it is it's really hard to uh, see any positive in and what and in the outcome here but I will tell you that I've been in touch with colleagues all over campus, and there is a sense of relief that this shooter has been neutralized and that our students, our faculty, our staff are all safe. Um, but uh, as, as everyone has said, now, come, uh, now comes all the questions. Uh, why did this individual uh, come on our campus and, uh, and, and kill people and, and wreak the havoc that they've wreaked? And 
you know, what was the motive? So we, we're going to turn to that now. But uh, I think the real important thing for us is that uh, everyone is safe. And, uh, you know, tomorrow, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to look to understanding the, the, the causal factors. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've been I, just to give you a sense, John, of this community. I've been in touch with professors this evening. It's almost one in the morning and they're still reaching out to their students to make sure they're OK. Just gives you a sense of yeah. what this community is. And they're going to need uh, so, each other. Uh, You're all going to need each other uh, in, in the coming days. Um, Andrew McCabe and Julia Kayam, 30 seconds to each of you. Andy, just first, what now? What's going on right now? Sure, John. So the FBI and their colleagues are going through the history of this person to try to understand what his motivations were, to try to understand what brought him to this moment in this community at this time. Um, you know, Michigan State, this this community is is struggling to understand why they are the latest in what is a uh, a uniquely American experience and understanding and experiencing a mass shooting in their midst. Um, but it is the job for law enforcement to understand as much as they can about what brought this person to this moment and this mass shooting uh, tonight. And uh, we'll hear more about that, I think, in the future. And Julia, Cam, again, we have about 30 seconds left. Uh, and yeah, as this I mean, community I- mourns, you know, what was learned here, do you think? Well, and that's going to be a huge part of it. We are all, I think, rightfully applauding uh, the transparency of the police department, what they know, what they didn't know, the the pacing, how quickly they came out, telling us when they're next going to come out. We know there's another press conference next hour. So what's happening back on campus is, is shelter, as I've been saying. You know, these kids have been, as a lot of them have been out in the cold or they ran out, uh, get them back. To as comfortable as they can, and then family unification. There are there are potentially unidentified victims, or at least the families next of kin have to be notified. But also lots of parents who, uh, by all accounts, from people I'm talking to, there are standing outside the university. They want to see their kids. They should see their kids. So you're going to see a lot of family unification. Maybe kids leaving campus for a couple of days while it's closed to go home uh, uh, to areas around Michigan and and other areas. Uh, uh, where the kids are from. So that's essentially, the, the school is going mm-hmm. to be very active for the next couple hours. Yeah, very active for the next couple hours. And again, the school and the community yeah. will be very much in pain for the next several months, if yeah. not years. Thank you all uh, for being here. I know many of you will be involved just after this next break. John Voss picks up our breaking news coverage right after this. We all do things our own way, and since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.